Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hey, Clone Wars fans, welcome to the 69th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode, The Citadel. I am your friendly co-host, Matt, and joining me from the great white north, he's an artist, he's a podcaster, he's a web designer, and he can make a heck of a sloppy joe, it's Michael Cohen. What's (laughs) up, my friend? (laughs) You're really fascinated with that sloppy joe thing, (laughs) I am, I know. I made sloppy joes once. (laughs) When we were about to record, or after we were recording, something like that, and you just will not let it go. I know it's like that's all I think you make now is the sloppy joes. Yeah, that's all I ever. <laughs> that's, that's all he cooks is sloppy joes. Yeah. So oh, I maintain my girlish figure. <laughs> Welcome to Frontlines, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Citadel, like I said. But before we do that, we're going to get some news and just a little bit of collecting. So let's uh, head on over and do that. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. This is just the beginning. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned. This is where the fun begins. I think we've got something, sir. Good luck. You're gonna need it. All right, Mike, and uh, the first thing we got is uh, Savage Press is being unleashed on free comic book day. And uh, Dark Horse Comics recently announced that uh, May 7th is, a free, is free comic book day. Um, yep. Very popular every year. And this year they're going to do a Savage Opress story, which is kind of cool. And uh, the story will be bundled as a flip cover with the Clone Wars on one side and an Avatar, the last airbender, on the other side, which Dave Filoni, of course, came from Avatar uh, before he did the Clone Wars. And they have a preview of it on the Comic Book Day website. So this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of Savage Press now that uh, he came into the Star Wars Clone Wars. And it's kind of cool. He's got a, they got a picture of the cover of the actual comic book. And it's got a, pretty much a headshot of Savage Press. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. I didn't see actually if there was um, any news on what the story was about. I don't know if you know anything about that. No, uh, you know what? It'll just they... be a really quick one-off story. Um, last year, it was the Kit Fisto, and uh, no, just the Kit Fisto story. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was just the story about Kit Fisto. Uh, essentially, it's j- it was just like 
a scene out of an episode of Clone Wars. It wasn't even like a full... Not even a full story. A full story. It was like they were somewhere and they had to get to the end of a canyon, but there were all these guns, and none of them could do it. But then uh, Kit Fisto shows up and he just does his Jedi thing and slices off all the guns and everybody's all like, whoa. (laughs) And that was it. That that was was it. It's over. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Savage Press, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'll, I'll be there. I'm always there at Free Comic Book Day. Take my boys and pick up some of the free stuff that's out there. So that's kind of cool. Savage Press uh, and Avatar, The Last Enterbender. So uh, the next thing we got is Lego Star Wars 3. And, you know, this has kind of been flying under the radar for me. Um, I haven't really paid much attention until just recently. And... Uh, they had some information come out. It's uh, available on March 22nd, mm-hmm. Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PSP, Nintendo Wii, uh, Nintendo DS, and the 3DS. And uh, we got some, uh, some cool things. And I, st- I watched the trailer, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. They're kind of going a new direction, Mike. And here's some things that they're going to be doing that, uh, that we haven't seen before. Players will can take control of battalions of clone troopers. Boss battles like the Zillow Beast, uh, multi-layered space battles, uh, expanded force abilities. Uh, So those are just a few of some of the new things you're going to be seeing in the Lego Star Wars Mm -hmm. 3, the Clone Wars. This is kind of cool. They got all the Clone Mm -hmm. Wars characters. You know, Grievous is going to be in it and Asajj. I don't know if we'll see Savage, but uh, maybe that'll be an unlockable character later on or something like that. Um, I think they have actually shown that Savage... I think Savage might have been, he might be like a special character for pre-ordering or something like that. I remember okay. seeing something a little while ago on StarWars.com with him. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you will be able to, to unlock that character mm-hmm. in the game at some point. Um, but I, I don't think that it'll have any of his episodes. Right, right, um, okay. Being that, it, I think it... it it has episode. It's based on episodes from seasons one and two, so okay. I, think I remember them saying that. At yeah, time. right. First two seasons, um, and uh, like I said, it's gonna have some fan favorite characters. Uh, the game will feature brand new battle modes, uh, giving players unique head-to-head combat and upgraded level builder, allowing the creation of customized bases and in-game battlefields. Uh, play either as Jedi or as Separatists with all new character abilities such as. Squad command, lightsaber slicing, lightsaber jumps, long-distance Jedi attacks, and grapple tie-ups, all within a new easy-to-navigate hub. So this is a lot of new things for for the Clone Wars, because the last mm-hmm. time I played, a, not, not Clone Wars, but Lego, uh, it was just basically collecting uh, the little you know pieces and, and things yeah. like that. So this is uh, kind of taking a different turn, so this is kind of cool. I'm interested to see... How this is going to play out? I'm I'm sure I'll be picking it up. I know my youngest will be all over this thing. He loves the uh, the Lego series, and it's got a lot of um, you know a lot of gameplay in it, and a lot of um, you know like the Force Unleashed was like wow it's over already three levels. Well, the Lego series man it, it can you know hours and hours of entertainment. So uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing how this one comes out. It looks pretty good. The the, the uh, trailer they had for it it kind of piqued my interest, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, Mike, we also have some more information on the um, Star Tours ride, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, it is going to be 
uh, opening on the West Coast here uh, in California uh, at Disneyland on uh, June. Is it June third? June third, I believe. Yeah, it is. June third. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, that's our that's sort of our first indication of it of it uh, opening and whether or not there will be any specific festivities. Um, I don't think that we know that info just yet because this is just like uh, breaking right. news essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't have anything else, but it looks yeah. like, like you said, just a parent opening date. And I'm sure there's going to be some type of fanfare to go with that. I got to um, imagine. I mean, you're, yeah, really. you're talking, uh, I mean, they're doing huge things over in Disney. Oh, Florida, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I don't know why they wouldn't do something exciting at, at Disneyland as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, June 3rd, that's, that's tricky because that is right in the middle of like peak season yeah uh or well i guess kids are still in school at that point it might not be that bad but on a on a saturday which i'm sure it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't imagine they're gonna launch it on like a thursday it's it's rough oh, it's, going. it's a friday so they launch it on the friday okay. um yeah you know it, it is kind of rough disneyland you know i've the last few years i've gone it's always been like in the just before spring break because the weather is fairly nice, but it's not very busy. But any time after that, it just—it's just really. I mean, you feel like you're not getting your money's worth because yeah. it's so crowded, especially I'm telling in the summer you, dude, months. October, like, and this really? is a tip for anybody who's listening: October is an awesome time to go, especially if you can plan ahead and and account for the fact that they're going to do the the Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can be there for Halloween, first of all, the the haunted mansion gets done up. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas style, right. so it's only like for uh, October, October, November, December. Actually, I think it starts like mid-September, but mm-hmm. but like October, November, December, they have it all done up like that. It's the only time of the year, and like they redo all of the haunted mansion essentially, and it's all Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. and then the weather when I was there was a little bit uh, crazy, but but we kind of got like exceptional weather when we were there so it was um it was really rainy and there were thunderstorms and stuff well i'll tell you the first time i ever went on splash mountain as we're coming out the the up the the big ramp to go down the the, you know like the the splash part of oh yeah Mm -hmm. this bolt of lightning streaks across the sky so that was like (laughs) that was a once in a lifetime experience i'll never forget (laughs) the first time i rode splash mountain so yeah. Um, wow. But I. But the park is like as close to empty as it gets. I think. Um, yeah. Because yeah. we did not have to wait in line more than, I think the longest we waited was forty five minutes, and that was for the Midtown Midway Madness, that over uh, in California Adventure, the Toy Story. Right? Oh right, right. Okay. And that took forever to get on. But like, it, it, if you want to get on stuff like Indiana Jones and you want to ride it like three times in one day, that's the best time to go. I think. I, I've never been any other time of the year, but from what I've heard from other people who generally go during the summer, they go on like summer vacation or whatever, mm-hmm. or or people who go at, di- at Christmas time and that sort of thing. Like it's it's just crazy busy at those times of year. So, uh, oh, so yeah. that's. That's my little tip. And then, you know what, it's also, it's a little bit cooler, but it's not quite cold yet. Right. Um, except at night. And when they do the, the trick-or-treating thing, like the, the Halloween stuff, you get to go as an adult and trick-or-treat and 
So it's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Those cost extra, like everything at Disneyland. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just yeah. The last few times I went in the summer, in the peak summertime, not to mention it's blazing hot. Uh, it's just so crowded. So I, I kind of got spoiled going the last few years in like yeah. the, the March period. So uh, who knows? Maybe I'll wait a little bit until, uh, like you said, October or something to. to yeah, check maybe, that maybe, out. We'll, maybe we'll coordinate something. We got to coordinate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, the last thing is just a small thing. We're you know we have a lot of different uh, actors joining the Clone Wars voice cast this year, and Katie Sackhoff has kind of tweeted, I think it was last week, that she uh, did a session for the Clone Wars. And we don't know what the character is, of course, yet or anything like that. But um, yeah. again, you know, here's Clone Wars reaching out to some of the some of the geek and sci-fi uh, folks. And Katie Sackhoff, uh, I know her from 24. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she was in, uh, she was apparently big in, is it Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, she played Starbuck. Okay. So she was one of the, uh, one of the lead characters. On yeah, Battlestar so Galactica, I never watched Battlestar other than the, the initial miniseries. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, um, okay. She's a she's a pretty big fan favorite from that show. Um, any guesses? Or what, what's your what's your speculation? Who do you think she'll be playing? Um, you know, I didn't even haven't even thought of that yet. I'm trying to think. You know, I know Chewie's coming up in the next. Mm-hmm. You know, at the very end, and I'm thinking she's going to be somewhere in that season finale somewhere. You think so. Trying, I'm trying to. Th- you think she's coming up real soon? I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw the curveball and say that she's in season four. Like, they, oh yeah, okay. I, got I don't. You. I think yeah. that we are too close to the end of season three for them to be working on. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because they, um, when we spoke with guy with with like the the Clone Wars cast and and everybody back in August, they were already working on the second four, half right? of season three stuff. So okay. that's right. She did say uh, she was actually going in to record i was thinking my mind was somewhere else like she had already recorded but yeah so you're right it's got to be season four then somebody in season four so um so that's cool katie sackoff joining the clone wars so we just got a couple things of collecting um again my toys r us is jumping on the two for 10.99 uh tomorrow uh two or actually it's Let's see, what's today today? Actually, it started yesterday. Toys R Us will kick off a two for ten ninety nine sale on all Hasbro uh, three and three quarter inch action figures, and that's good until March fifth of two thousand eleven. And uh, looks like that's ToysRUs.com. And I don't know if that's actually uh, in the store as well. I'm assuming that's in the store too, um, but don't quote me on that. I'm just looking at some of the websites that are out. They were talking about this, so. Um, again, Toys R Us are always out there with their either buy one, get one or two for this and, you know, whatever. So, uh, you guys going for the three and three quarter inch, look at Toys R Us to get your figures. And the last thing we have, Mike, and, uh, I know you were kind of fired up about this a few minutes ago when we were talking just before we started. <laughs> yes. Uh, Star Wars has a new line look for 2012 oh. and it is episode one. Darth well, <laughs> well, first of all, I was right, so I get to at least be happy about that. But um, this action figure packaging looks like crap. It it's, just looks terrible, and we're gonna have to look at it on the pegs for the next year. Like, yeah, yeah. It's um, let's go. Well, what is your main issue? Because it's it's actually it's it's got Darth Maul on yeah. the top, and it's actually a different pose. It's almost it looks like the. Kotobukiya pose that they're coming out with this year. Um, it's, you know, he's kind of 
snarling with the uh, lightsaber behind his back, both lit up. Um, and then it's got then there's another package with Obi Wan on the lower. I don't know if that's a figure or. I'm not uh, really yeah, sure. it's that's like that's supposed to be like the specific example of. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Obi Wan. So like there there will be an episode one Obi Wan at some point in the next year, and that's what it, the package will look like. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So uh, it's gonna be uh so so basically it's Darth Maul, is the uh, the character of choice. Like last year it was Rex, with the uh, dark blue clouded sky this year it's uh darth maul so is it just because i mean obviously they're pushing they're going to be pushing the episode one 3d yes obviously and uh, so we get the darth maul is it is it the the art that bothers you or is it just the fact that they're pushing episode one as far as the packaging um it's uh it's it's just that it's so heavy-handed it's kind of And the fact that like Darth Maul will be appearing on all of the Clone Wars package designs as well, mm-hmm. it it doesn't really make a lot of sense. For I don't know, it, it just kind of it just rubs me the wrong way. I'll say everything else mm-hmm. about the design, like like the the way the Star Wars logo looks is all right. Yeah. The the you know the general tech design that they do mm-hmm. uh, looks fine. All that looks fine. I just feel like having Darth Maul on the corner of every package is going to get really tired and mm-hmm. is really ugly. And and it's not that it's a bad piece of art per se. It's not. Like, it's really well done. Um, but I don't know. There's just something really off-putting about it. It's mm-hmm. just not It's just not aesthetically pleasing. It's not like the, the – I didn't even really like the, the package design from last year. I thought that they were too dark, mm-hmm. and uh, and that the uh, the the artwork that they put on it, although being great artwork, I mean I love that piece of art, yeah. is a little bit I don't I don't know it just yeah it doesn't fit it doesn't work for me when it comes to mm-hmm. to Star Wars like I just I I don't know I don't know why <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. just keep the packages looking a little bit more clean. And not have, not have the Darth Maul, and and I'll say like the Obi Wan on that Obi Wan packaging looks terrible as well. I mean that looks like a bad piece of art. That looks like somebody took uh, a a still and photoshopped it to try and get it to match mm-hmm. the oversaturated glossy look of the of the painting that they did. That 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 uh, the Darth Maul has done it. I mean the the Darth Maul piece, the lightsaber is amazingly cool. Yeah, it's kind of got right. like this sparked look, like it's like sparks coming out of the uh, the faucet area of the lightsaber, and then it's got like this this energy sort of spiral going around around it and like fading off towards the edge, which looks really cool um, and very artistic and stuff. Uh, very reminiscent of the Unleashed packaging, and if this were an Unleashed package, yeah, I wouldn't have any right. problem with that. That's what but, it looks like, Unleashed. That's what I'm looking yeah. at. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It just... Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like that this is going to be what we're in store for, maybe for the next six years, Mike, and maybe they're going to be doing this in 2013. We're going to see Episode 2 packaging. Uh, episode three packaging yeah. in 2014 you know what i mean so maybe this is just like a little hint of what's going to be coming in as far as uh changing the star wars packaging over the next six years 
and uh, so they're starting with episode one to pump out the uh, the 3D release. So yeah, uh, and I think that they're yeah. just kind of hitting us over the head with it, right? And I mean, yeah, I, right. I, I I predicted this as it started happening with the Clone Wars that mm-hmm. that this is all happening because they're making a push to advertise and get people hyped up and sort of nostalgic for episode one, and mm-hmm. I. I feel like that's a cheap shot. Like and 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 it it plays into everything that every every Star Wars hater says about George Lucas and Star Wars, which is that he's only in it to make money. He'll just keep re-releasing the movies as long as we keep going to them and like he's just milking it for everything it's worth. And when you see something like this, this really heavy-handed obvious ploy to get people nostalgic for episode 1, by just plastering Darth Maul on every piece of merchandising that you've got, because that's what they're going to do. I mean, oh, if yeah. you look yeah. around right now, that that Rex shot, like that sort of, uh, I don't know, like glory shot of him. The like, hero shot or something? Yeah, yeah, like hero shot looking off into the distance with the clouds and the sun sunbursting behind him. Mm-hmm. It's on everything. I mean, I saw it on some freaking lollipops. <laughs> like on a lollipop. Yeah, it goes package. on everything. Yeah. And it's... It's just, it's so overused and it's so hitting you over the head. And, and I don't know, I think like with that, at least it was related to Clone Wars so I could deal with it. Mm -hmm. But with this, it's, it's just Darth Maul. Yeah. So, I mean, even if Darth Maul is going to be in, in season four, um, that it's still, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. It feels like too much. Well, that that was going to be my last point too. Was uh, not only uh, episode one and three D next year, but most likely we're going to uh, possibly see Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. So you know, double double dose there. Yeah. So uh, that you know, obviously that's probably why they went with that. So, uh, but that's it, man. That's what's going on collecting. So um, yeah. Whether you like it or not, there it is. Episode <laughs> one's coming at you. Yeah. So with that, uh, let's go on to the recap. Jedi like my father. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say that. Does he will become a great Jedi? Kenobi, Skywalker. I've missed you. Uh, right. I'm so good home. Destroy them both. You're both right. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Incoming! Blast them! No! All right, and here we go with the Citadel. While returning from a mission in the Outer Rim, Jedi Master Evan Peel is captured by the Separatists, who hope to extract information from him regarding important hyperspace routes in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, Plukun, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker, along with clone troopers Rex, Cody, Fives, and Echo, make plans to rescue Master Peel from a fortress prison known as the Citadel. And Mike, here we go with uh, this three-part series, and we right away we figure out what the uh, MacGuffin is for this story, or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Uh, hyperspace routes, um, and it's one in particular called the Nexus route. And uh, here it is. They need to, somebody needs to gain control of this route because it could turn the tide of the war for whoever controls these routes. And uh, you know, obviously. Uh, the separatists already know about this and they're going to try to control it and the uh, Republic knows this and they're going to try to uh, 
you know, keep the separatists away from it. So this is what's going on with maybe these three episodes is getting a hold of these hyperspace routes. And, um, of course, we're going to get into to, uh, Tarkin and all that in a few minutes. But that's mm -hmm. what's going on so far uh, right off the get. Uh, go ahead. Uh, after the briefing, Ahsoka catches up with the other Jedi, and Obi-Wan and Plo Koon leave Anakin to talk with her in private. Ahsoka wants to come along to help free Master Peel, but Anakin is unwilling to put his Padawan's life at risk on such a dangerous assignment. Uh, this was kind of interesting here, and, uh, you know, here's Anakin saying, no, you're not ready for this yet. So mm -hmm. Anakin's still, he's still doing this... Um, you know, fatherly, daughterly type of thing with yeah. her and, and kind of shielding her from something a little more dangerous. And this is going to come into play for me a little bit later in the episode, and I'll, I'll mention that in, the, in a few minutes. Uh, R2-D2 leads a squad of battle droids through a Jedi temple hangar bay. C-3PO is alarmed at the sight of separatist droids in the temple, but R2 informs his gold friend that the droids have been reprogrammed to follow his orders. Fives and Echo have no doubts about trusting the droids, but Cody assures them that they need the droids to get them into Separatist territory. Meanwhile, Ahsoka approaches Plukun and expresses her frustration over Anakin's refusal to let her join the mission. And again, I talked about this, and uh, here now she's going to, to Plukun, who was the one who actually found Ahsoka, and she's mm -hmm. complaining to him, you know, come on, you know, what's going on with Anakin? He won't let me, he won't let me join in all the reindeer fun here, you know? And uh, Aplo is basically saying, hey, you know, it's up to him. He's your master. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, and, oh, and, and before this, too, uh, the Citadel. We also find out that the Citadel is a prison designed explicitly to house Jedi, sounds like. Am I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's specifically to uh, to keep Jedi in. So keep them in, uh, yes. <laughs> which yeah. means that it's also designed to keep them out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's uh, it's going to be kind of difficult uh, yeah. Yeah. for them to get in there <laughs> and to rescue them. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Anakin, Obi Wan, and their clone troops gather around a carbon freezing chamber as part of their plan to sneak past the Separatist life form scanners. The men are lowered into pits and encased in blocks of frozen carbonite. R2 and his battle droids load the frozen Jedi and clones into a stolen Separatist shuttle, and they take off from the temple. I've never been carbon frozen before, General. That's the first time for us, too. This is your idea? Carbon freezing? Hey, you wanted to shield us from the lifeform scanners. Are uh, we sure this thing is safe? I don't want to end up a wall decoration. Try to relax. We'll be unfrozen as soon as we arrive. I love the sound of the wind-up and the crackling mm -hmm. of the carbon chamber. Wow, that was cool. You know, Mike, this was a great-looking scene uh, at the carbon freezing chamber. You have totally. this kind of wide-up, you know, you, the first glimpse you get is this nice wide shot. And it's lit similar to The Empire Strikes Back, uh, you know, with the glow. And uh, apparently being carbon, uh, you know, froze or frozen shuts the, the body system down uh, so no scanners can detect them. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what their plan is. Now, let's talk about the carbon freezing. Um, there's a lot of things going on, uh, you know, people talking about uh, yeah. Anakin and Darth Vader and the whole carbon freezing thing. Yeah. But for me, it was controversy. Just, yeah. Well, is it really controversy? Yeah. Oh, it, it was. And people got all up in arms about it. And people got, started saying silly things yeah. as if this is a, uh, a big deal. But I mean, it, it's in the, the commentary, the episode commentary. And, and before I even saw the episode, I mean, when I first saw the, the promo stills of them getting frozen in carbonite, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Like, it's just a cool idea to, to freeze them in carbonite. I, I personally feel like you have an opportunity here to do something visually different, though, so you don't do it exactly the same as they did in an empire, but which is what they ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Like, even right down to the carbon freezing chamber itself looked exactly the same as the one on, on Bespin, which bothers me a little bit and I think it should have been its own thing mm-hmm. but um, but I mean the idea of carbon freezing a, a human being or a living organic being isn't it, at no point in Empire is it expressed that it's never been done before or that it will never be done afterwards um, Vader only says the facility is crude but should be sufficient to freeze Skywalker Exactly. So that's exactly what he says. It's crude, but it should be sufficient. Which what he's saying is like he's he's freaking Darth Vader. I mean, he was a Jedi general during the Clone Wars, and and the Republic's gonna have the best equipment to do this. So where you're a little bit afraid, like what's gonna happen to Han when they dunk him in the carbonite? With with these guys, they know that they are like that they're in good hands, and that this is a perfectly safe uh, carbon freezing facility uh, in the Jedi Temple. Like it, it's not as big of a deal mm-hmm. because like uh, none of them really seem all that worried. Rex is a little bit worried because he's like, I've never been carbon frozen before, mm-hmm. and Anakin's like me neither. But you know, whatever. It's sort of like. Um, it's akin to you know getting surgery or something like that, being put under anesthetic. Mm-hmm. I think like that, the nervousness that Rex feels isn't like this is dangerous and I could die because people die all the time being frozen in carbonite because we're not supposed to freeze people in carbonite. I think they freeze people in carbonite on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, like there, there's lots of things based on what they said in this episode, based on what they said, what what's written in uh, in Shadows of the Empire, but I. Uh, the the idea is that when you carbon freeze somebody there it's like it's like uh it's like being cryogenically frozen right like you're slowing down the metabolism and the heart rate right and you're almost like indefinitely keeping them mm-hmm. and uh and i mean in in shadows of the empire one thing that that they point out in that is that carbon is one of the most uh indestructible substances in the galaxy like frozen carbon that's been frozen in this way <laughs> and and they use it to transport it all the time and they use it to do all sorts of stuff and uh and in in the instance of han solo at one point i think bosk manages to get him away from boba fett but then boba fett pursues him and blows up the hound's tooth and the hound's tooth explodes and, like, Bosk manages to get out of there or whatever. But the, the first houndstooth blows up. Mm-hmm. And, every, and there's, like, nothing left but debris. And somewhere in that debris field is 
Han Solo floating around in carbonite perfectly encased because of how strong carbonite is. So, um, I mean, like, like you wouldn't use that if somebody were uh, injured on the front lines and, and you needed, you know, you didn't have the proper medical equipment wherever you were, but you had a carbon freezing chamber, you would freeze them and then transport them. Mm-hmm. To back to Coruscant or to wherever to a medical station to somewhere where they could get appropriate medical attention, right? Because you would essentially like slow down their metabolism and and they would be protected from from the elements and from attack and whatever. So um, for them to use it like this, I think what they're do what they're trying to point out is that like this is not what carbon freezing is used for to to evade life scanners mm-hmm. but it is used on a regular basis i mean right and and the the some of the the scuttle that i heard was and it's probably the same you heard was well how come vader said uh you know um well it he asked lando will it work or something like that and yeah well shouldn't he already know well here he did know and he you know here he is trying it for the first time here it worked as as darth vader he tells uh what was it he tells lando hey Get it ready for Skywalker. Lando's the one that tells him, "Well, I don't know if he's going to survive." Yeah. Well, and, and just like you said, Mike, it's it's a different. You know, it's thirty plus years later or whatever it is. You know, it's a different place, a different carbon chamber. He's like, "All right, well, let's just make sure." You know, he's making sure. Um, so he, that's why they tried on Han Solo. And yeah. if Han Solo can can survive, well, then you know Luke probably can survive because Luke's a Jedi. You know, maybe maybe Jedi and these highly trained clone troopers can withstand, you know, the initial blast and all that a yeah. little better than a normal person. So, uh, I had, I had no issue with the continuity of that. I thought it was, I thought it worked fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. The, uh, the shuttle arrives at the planet Lola Seyu, which is guarded by separatist cruisers. O.C. Sobek, the warden of the Citadel, orders his cruisers to scan the shuttle for life signs. The carbonite-encased Jedi and clones remain undetected, and the shuttle is granted permission to land. R2 and his battle droids land their shuttle near the Citadel. They unload their frozen passengers and release them from the carbonite. Anakin is surprised and angered to find Ahsoka there with them, but she insists that Plo Koon gave her permission to join the team after Anakin was already frozen in carbonite. This, is, this was actually my favorite part of the whole carbonite thing, was seeing them unfrozen and, like, the... You know, like they go red hot, and then the little bursts of light start coming out, and then they pop yes. out. Yes. And I was like, that was the moment where it's like you can freeze somebody in a block of carbonite, and it's not that difficult to make it look cool. But I was wondering, like, how are you going to do the unfreezing? Is it going <laughs> to, yeah, is it going to be different, or is it going to be the same? Like, and and they showed, and it's it's pretty much the same as oh yeah, as it is with Han. And then when they popped out. I was like, it would be really cool if one of them had hibernation sickness. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, they weren't frozen for as long as Han, because Han is frozen for months. Right. Like, so like when he comes out, it's like his eyes haven't, he hasn't used his eyes in, in months or whatever. So they're, they're not used to the, to the light. So all he sees is darkness. And, uh, and it takes a little while for it to come back. But for these guys, like, just to see that it's not 100% safe science and that, that every once in a while something does go wrong, it would have been cool for one of the clone troopers to be like, 
to I, not the same thing as Han, like not the same blindness, hibernation sickness, but to to have something else, like like one of his arms is like semi permanently asleep, like it will <laughs> yeah. not wake yeah. up, and yeah. he's just got like like he can't feel it, and so like they have to essentially like like put him in a sling, and so they got to deal with him, yeah. um, or or something like that 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 like somebody as a result of the carbon freezing it's hibern- some form of hibernation sickness but mm-hmm. uh they do have the joke they do make the joke where where it's like i think anakin says he says do i have, do I have hibernation sickness or, or carbon sickness because exactly, I, I, yeah. I think that's ahsoka <laughs> yeah and, uh, it was a it was a pretty good line though that i felt the same thing too is that uh like you said they show very slight signs of of carbonation sickness you know they're a little sore they come out they're yeah. a little sore uh, they're a little disoriented, and uh, like you said, they're what the heck is Ahsoka doing here? And here's the thing with Ahsoka, Mike, is are we seeing the early stages of Ahsoka's like rebellious, you know, nature here? It's mm-hmm. like I think personally, and this is what I was getting to uh, getting to earlier is I think she's actually lying to Anakin right now, and she yeah. says, "Well, I discussed it with Master Plo." Well, the last we heard, Plo just said, "Hey, it's up to your master." So I think she just said, you know what? I'm going to store aboard this thing, and I'm going to say Plo said it was okay. And what's yeah. you know, Anakin's not going to know because he's in carbonite. So um, you know, I don't know. This is you know, are we setting up something for her to to be to you know? Obviously, she's just like Anakin. She's going to do what she wants to do. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was uh, maybe a setup there, just to kind of show just a little tease of of her just being a little bit rebellious. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the Jedi and their troops prepare to scale a steep cliff in order to reach a secret entrance into the Citadel. The wind is uh, too strong to use jetpacks, and there is no place in the cliff to hang a grappling hook. So the group must scale the rocks by hand while avoiding electro mines built into the cliffs. After a long and treacherous climb, they reach the door only to find it protected by ray shields. Ahsoka is able to squeeze through a small ventilation duct above the door and switch off the shields from the other side. Anakin, Obi-Wan, and the clones climb up on the ledge, but one of the troopers loses his footing and falls. He tumbles down the cliff and sets off on one of, uh, sets off one of the electro mines, which triggers an intruder alarm inside the prison. Gotcha! Well, they know we're here. Sir, a mine in Sector 9G was just detonated. Mindless droids! Activate all security protocols. Lock everything down. Where are my special units? They are here, sir. And there it is right there. They have to climb this wall. But I wanted to talk about real quick, we get to see a new, uh, another new uh, character introduced, Mike, to, and his name is mm-hmm. Ossie Sobek. And this is an alien species that was introduced in the EU, uh, the Jedi Apprentice series. And before I even looked at the, uh, the Star Wars like rundown, mm-hmm. I, you know, I watched the episode, and the first thing that came to mind is Christopher Walken. Yeah, and uh, those of you familiar with Walken, you'll you'll recognize James Arnold Taylor's impression there. He kind of goes a little lower 
but he has this certain way of speaking, you know, pauses, you know, <laughs> that's a really bad impression, but I'm just trying to get the point that, yeah. you know, he, he, it's so, it's just, if you know Christopher Walken, you see all the impressions that people do of him. Uh, I mean, it was, that was it right there. So I thought that was kind of cool. He threw a little totally. different take. Yeah, a little different take. And uh, what do you think of this new character? Uh, yeah, it really interesting. I liked how he was, uh, how, how James Arnold Taylor kind of got the opportunity to do something a little different with different, him. Different, yeah, uh, yeah. And do the Christopher Walken uh, impression, yeah. uh, which, which was really fun. So. Yeah, that's cool. Enjoyed that. Um, where are we at? Go ahead, Mike. Your turn. Uh, okay. The Jedi and their troops make their way through the halls of the Citadel, and the clones blast any laser turrets and security cameras that they find along the way. Meanwhile, a torture droid and two commando droids interrogate Master Peel in his cell. The Jedi refuses to give up any information, and the torture droid threatens to poke out his one remaining eye. Just then, Fives, Echo, and Rex burst into the room and take out the droids. Anakin and Obi-Wan follow right behind them, and they free Master Peel from his restraints. Peel reveals that he only has half of the hyperspace data, and that his captain, who is being held captive elsewhere, has the other half. So we get our first look at Evan Peel and some uh, good old-fashioned torture again here in the Clone Wars. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, yeah, a lot uh, of torture for a kid's show. Yeah, yeah, really. And uh, the torture droid, we get to see him again in uh, kind of the shades of Return of the Jedi there at the uh, in, at uh, Jabba's barge, mm-hmm. uh, that torture droid. So that was kind of cool. Uh, as the Jedi and clones search for the captured Republic officers, commando droids surround them in the hallway. They manage to defeat the droids after a brief skirmish, but then the warden triggers a magnetic field that pulls all of their lightsabers and blasters, as well as Anakin, up to the ceiling. More commando droids surround the group, but Anakin is able to retrieve his lightsaber from the ceiling and deactivate the magnetic field. Everything uh, falls back to the ground, and the Jedi and clones are able to defeat the second wave of droids. And I thought this was cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's another missed opportunity in this episode right here. Anakin is only stuck to the ceiling because of his hand. Yeah. Because of his his droid hand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And I honestly thought that like he was reaching for his lightsaber and once he got it that he would cut his arm off right that, that he would like that oh, he okay. would just cut the droid arm off and then you know because what what's he you can just get a new one right like i'm sure that yeah. like somewhere around there like it it the joint pops and he can just like replace it if something goes wrong with it i mean the guys on on the front lines of a of a major galactic conflict i have to imagine if Luke managed to get his hand shot once in, in like, a minor skirmish on Jabba's sail barge, Anakin's running headlong into battle droid blaster fire on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. His arm has to have gotten damaged more than once. So, yeah. so I, I would think that at this point it would have been like, well, I'm stuck unless I do this. And then and, and just would have, like, sliced his arm off and then dealt with everything else. And uh, and so I feel like and again, it would have made it a much more interesting story because then what's Anakin gonna do? He's only got one arm, right? Like he's now handicapped, <laughs> right? Like so yeah. you're you're putting your character into a challenge that other characters don't have, and it's and it's something just a little bit more interesting than him saving the day. 
you know, and right. uh, maybe a little darker and a little. Well, so you're saying he should have cut his hand off when he was hanging from the ceiling? Yeah, yeah. In I order got to you. Get down, like he should. He should have just like sliced through his arm and okay. then. Well, and then, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good uh, that it kind of show. You know, we've seen in the last few episodes Anakin's power, and they're finally starting to showcase that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a good point you made. I thought it was good that uh, we get to see Anakin sort of show some power and strength by able, you know, he's able to uh, overpower the electrocution, basically grab his lightsaber mm-hmm. and uh, cut his way out. Um, but yeah, wow, that would have been a powerful scene, just cutting his arm off. But I kind of liked the way they showed him just kind of overpower that electrocution, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of fight through the pain, you know, and, and uh, cut himself down. So either way, though, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that. Hey, they, you know, we've seen torture. Why not a, a mechanical arm? Big deal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the group finally manages to find and rescue Master Peel's officers, including uh, a captain named Tarkin. Since Peel and Tarkin each have half of the crucial, crucial information, Obi-Wan suggests that they split into two teams when trying to escape the facility. Tarkin thinks they would have strength in numbers if they stayed together. But Master Peel agrees with Obi-Wan. He joins, Kenobi, he joins Kenobi's team to go fight off the droids while Skywalker's team leads Tarkin and the other officers to safety. Uh, O.C. Sobek commands his guards to bring the Jedi back alive as battle droids chase them through the facility. It's a difficult word to say. Uh, facility. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kenobi, PL, and their troops plant explosives along the hallways. When the droids finally catch up to them, Obi-Wan triggers the bombs, destroying the pursuers, and causing significant damage to the Citadel. Uh, before we finish up here, though, I wanted to say, you know, we finally meet Captain Tarkin, mm-hmm. uh, and he sounds just, you know, it was a great, you know, sort of voice match to uh, to Peter Cushing uh, back in the day. Uh, you know, you get a little bit younger version. Uh, you know, um, James Arnold Taylor, he talks about how he can do different versions of Obi-Wan. He talks about he can do old Obi-Wan and you and McGregor's Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of think that's kind of what they try to do with Tarkin here. It's like, here's some Tarkin uh, from Star Wars. You know, listen to this and try to make him sound a little younger. So I thought it was really cool. I mean, he even looks like, um, you know, he, he has the squinting eyes, you know, like we, you used to see in the in the old Star Wars. Just kind of like that pursed look down his face. Yeah. Uh, just like Cushing gave in, in New Hope. So I thought that, that was kind of cool. Uh, after the fall, uh, after following an old hollow map of the prison, Anakin cuts a hole in the wall with his lightsaber and leads his group outside to freedom. Captain Tarkin lacks faith in the Jedi's leadership abilities, but Anakin reminds him that the two uh, that the Jedi who rescued him, no, Anakin reminds him that it was the Jedi who rescued him, and he suggests that the captain show some gratitude. The tunnel's clear. Looks like Obi-Wan's distraction worked. Things seem to be going as planned. It's when things do not go as planned that concerns me. What then? It's when things don't go as planned that we Jedi are at our best. Trust me. I deserve my trust for those who take action, General Skywalker. Then let me remind you, we rescued you back there. And I reserve my trust for those who understand gratitude. 
Captain Tarkin. And I thought that was kind of cool, Mike. You know, we saw from the minute we see Tarkin, he's already jawing with the Jedi and questioning what they do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, perfect for the character. And I love the, you got a great verbal sparring match between Tarkin and Anakin at the very end there. And uh, you heard that right there. It was, was kind of neat, you know, already seeing the shades. You know, Tarkin's, uh, you know, we can understand why he becomes uh, Grand Moff and why he rises. I mean, he's already questioning things. He wants things done his way. And he's showing himself to be a, a very capable captain. What do you think of uh, the very end here? It, I, I thought it was great. It was one of the best parts of the episode. Um, yeah, right. The uh, just the moment with Tarkin after after Anakin makes his little speech and sort of like puts it to Tarkin and says like, yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. much tells him to shut up. Yeah, like, you know, exactly. He's got no authority there. That that they outrank him, and that you know they they rescued him, so they're calling the shots. Right. right. Um, and he just kind of squints his eyes and and smiles a little bit uh, at the at, at Anakin in the way that he acted so yeah right like i said earlier kind of kind of like Cushing does in uh, yeah. a new hope so that's cool so that was uh the first part of this three part episode and uh, some good stuff man we're back to some regular jedi action and uh you know obi-wan and and ahsoka and anakin are doing their thing and new characters and it was it was really good i enjoyed it um you know, even though it's not like the, it's it's just so different. We've seen some crazy stuff the last six episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're just into some really just some cool Jedi action. So it was fun. I had a good time watching it. Yeah, yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, uh, with that, I think it's time to hit the mailbag. You ready? Sure. Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics. We're right across the street from Metrotown, but hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online Uh, everything's under control here. Situation normal. What happened? We, uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but everything's perfectly alright. We're fine. We're, we're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Uh... Alright, and we got some mail from, uh, Jared again. He said, hey, Mike and Matt, people... Most people will probably just gloss over this in the episode guide for The Citadel. But it says Echo and Fives from the season premiere will be major characters. And we all know that they're ARC troopers now. Are you excited? Are they coming back a little early? And that's uh, Jared's question to us. And, uh, you know, I didn't even recognize Echo and Fives until, like, I think it was the third time I watched it uh, when I was doing some uh, notes and things. Um I saw his email and I started to look out for him. And sure enough, they are in there. You see uh, the handprint mm-hmm. on fives, and uh, it's a little harder to spot Echo. Um, but yeah, both Echo and Fives are back, and that's kind of cool. You know, they uh, are bringing these guys back, but they're not, you know, shoving them in their in your face. Basically, mm-hmm. like like gratuitous. Uh, hey, look at Echoes and Fives again for all you Echo and Five fans. You know, 
Um, and and it kind of, that kind of answers his question about are they coming back a little early? I don't think so for me. Um, you know, as long as they do, you know, they did it, you know, very subtle. If you weren't really paying attention, you might miss them. Um, yeah. You know, because it, maybe some of the big clone fans, uh, Echo and Five fans, probably recognize them right off the get. But for me, it was um, they kind of just kind of slid him in there, and uh, I did like I said, I didn't even notice them until the uh, second or third time I watched it. Yeah, uh, well, I knew that they were going to be in it. Echo's actually the one with the handprint. Uh, fives. Okay, okay. Fives See, that's how much I, I I don't know about these guys. <laughs> I mean, I know who they are, but uh, I knew one of them was the handprint. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what's on. Oh, I'm just looking at what's on Fives. He's got a design on his helmet that's unique, but... Um, I mean, well, from the first episode that they were in, rookies, they uh, they don't have any distinguishing <laughs> marks except right. for Echo. Um, but let's see. As I, or, uh, yeah. So uh, let me see. I'm just gonna look up fives really quick. So Echo, see what was on what's on him. Um, he like the way that you know it's fives is when he's got his helmet off. He has a five in All the, the corner. fives, right? Uh, like he's got a five on his forehead, a tattoo okay. of, of a five, and it's because his his, his designation is C two uh, C T two seven five 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 five. So right, okay. Got the the four fives there. Uh, but let's see, I'm trying to find him in his arc trooper stuff, and I can't find any pictures of him in his arc trooper uniform. Um, so he's not the one with. So Echo's the one with the the handprint. Echo's the one with the handprint. Okay, yeah. I, I got confused, and I was thinking Fives was the one with the handprint. I know his I know his designation is five 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 five. That's why he's called Fives, and Echo yeah. obviously repeats everything. Um, so I got a little That's confused. There. Really annoying because I want to now. Now I want to know what he looks like. Maybe it was in the um, the episode guide because. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it is pretty difficult to keep an eye out for these characters, for these clones, when yeah. when you don't know their their stuff. But that one easy way was that they were the only ones that weren't yellow. Everybody else was a yellow clone, um, was a 121st, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't admit 128th Battalion, which is Obi-Wan's, um, <clears throat> which is technically airborne. I, it's 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 kind of weird because they're um, that comes from Utapau from the Battle of Utapau, so they call them the Airborne. But okay. yeah, I don't know. I'm not a five hundred first. I don't know this stuff as well. <laughs> he gave a shot, but yeah. Well, let's see. There's fives. Fives has it's got like a triangle on his chest, um, like sort of like this downward pointing triangle coming from underneath this comma. The comma is the, for those who don't know who are listening, is the, 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 oh, well, actually, I guess it's the, pol- the pauldron, pauldron, which is yeah. the top part, the collar. Oh. Um, right. And, uh, and he's got sort of this triangle design coming down from it. And then the, uh, I mean, they both, they have the armor on the front, right? Like the double armoring, mm-hmm. um, like that, that gray chest plate. So, there's that that you can tell them, but yeah, they weren't really, they weren't featured heavily in this episode, but uh, I mean, I think I think either Echo or Fives has a couple of lines, but I think they're pretty much just standing there for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Right. But 
having them along, they'll more than likely play a bigger part in the episodes to come. Right. Yeah. Uh, they'll Most they'll probably end up being being fairly prominently featured once the rest of the clones die. Like the, <laughs> once we already the, lost the what, two already. Yeah. Yeah. Once the shinies are all gone, then yeah. uh, then we'll see more of them. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, lost that, a couple. When that one gets electrocuted in the episode, that was intense. Yeah. Actually, we got, what, two electrocuted. One with that ion cannon type of uh, whatever that thing was down the hallway, and then one got electrocuted climbing up the wall. Oh, yeah, because they were electromines. That's right. Electromines, yeah, yeah. So. Good point. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Echoes and Fives, cool. Uh, four for... well, well, I guess to answer his question, no, they're not back a little early. They're really no. good characters, and they've got backstory. And when we have a clone trooper with backstory, it's uh, it's just that much better in my yeah, opinion. yeah. I I was definitely definitely uh, fun for me. Uh, the forum post of the week, Mike. You want to go over this one? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so Darth Wally, uh, it's posted. It's uh, titled "So You Fought in the Clone Wars." And, uh, and he writes, okay, how many others originally thought that when Obi-Wan said he fought in the Clone Wars, he was talking about fighting clones? Most wars are named after who or where you are fighting against, not about who you are fighting with. Or, sorry, what you are fighting with. For example, the French and Indian Wars were fought against the French and their Indian allies. The Korean War was fought in Korea against the North Koreans. The Vietnam War was fought in Vietnam against the North Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not called the American Army War. Well, maybe by the French, Koreans, and Viet Cong. I, I suspect <laughs> that George Lucas originally thought the same way, but when it came to uh, time to start filming episodes one to three, he wanted to appeal to kids and didn't want his heroes killing living beings, so he decided that the Separatists would use droids and the Republic would use the clones. Um, I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily the way that you name a war. I think that you name a war based on, uh, you know, a, a major aspect of that conflict that makes it different. Because um, mm-hmm. uh, this is considered the it's considered the Clone Wars, and they they actually one of the first times that that we hear it referenced as the Clone War, um, it was in this episode, the Citadel. Um, Anakin, either Anakin or Obi-Wan, one of the two of them says the Clone War when they're talking about the, uh, the hyperspace routes and, okay, uh, right, right. and that it all bring, could bring the Clone War to an end. Right. Anakin um, believes it says that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, I, don't, I don't think that it's a, it's a regular term that, that they call it by. I think they probably just refer to it as the war. It's like with uh, World War One and and World War Two. With the first World War, they simply called it the Great War, and they just called it the war when it was happening. They they didn't call it World War One as if you know, like they knew the sequel was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then with World War Two, I again like during the conflict, I think they just called it the war. And I think that depending on what side you are on, it, it might vary a little bit, but not. Not to the extent that I think that that Darth Wally's trying to infer. Um, I think, I don't know. I think he's just he's looking into it a little bit too much. Um, yes, I did expect the Jedi originally to be fighting against clones. I think a lot of people did, but I, that would have been boring if it would have just happened the way that we thought it was going to happen. I mean, if we already knew what was going to happen in, yeah. in all of these stories, then what would be the point of watching it? 
Yeah, well, I thought the same thing. Uh, you know, back I'm a little older, so you know, in episode um, four and five and six, you know, we talked, we heard about all the Clone Wars, and yeah, for 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 some time, I did think it was going to be the Jedi fighting against clones. I had no idea what clones were at the time, though. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't know if I, they were stormtroopers uh, yeah. or something else. So, sure, I, I remember thinking that uh, they were fighting against clones. But, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing, too. He talks about episodes one, two, and three. Um, and George, didn't, George Lucas didn't even write these until, what, 97 or something like that? Yeah. He started episode one. So it's not, you know, it's, I don't, he didn't have all this planned out, in my opinion, when he did four, five, and six. Um, yeah. Maybe some really rough ideas, but. Uh, I, I think he did have a bit of it planned out because there is the aspect of Boba Fett's character that he was always considered a clone like he was a he is a rogue clone mm-hmm. from the beginning in George's eyes like that's how he was originally written which is why there's that early stuff of him with the white uh with the white armor looking like a modified stormtrooper right and i think that the idea there was supposed to be that he was a clone and that he still wore the old armor from from the clone wars when they were the republic mm-hmm. and that that's why that's why he's a rogue character because at some point during the clone wars he went rogue and uh and essentially flipped to the bad guys and then when the bad guys flipped around you know like when when the good guys became the bad guys (laughs) then he could suddenly start working with them again but by that time they were stormtroopers not clone troopers Mm -hmm. so um i mean like i i think that that's in there originally i think that he he intended the, the whole idea that the stormtroopers were clones and that at one point in time the Jedi fought alongside them, I think was was originally part of the concept. I, I don't think that 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 um, there's a there's a few things that you can kind of tell when it comes to to the way that the the prequels were written that they were sort of set in stone long before the scripts were done. Things like uh, of course Anakin becoming Vader. Um, right. And the way that the fall happens, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, right, was definitely set in stone, which I think is one of the reasons why a lot of the things are are real left turns and come out of nowhere, because they had to write themselves out of the hole of like Anakin turns to the dark side, and it's like okay, so we know that he's a hero, and then at the end of the story he turns to the dark side, right? So we got to write that at some point. But we got to yeah. write him as the hero right now because we need a main character for our movie, you know? Like, it, it's it's one of those things that, like, like the clone army and its construction, when you really start to break it down and the Republic using it after Obi-Wan finds out that, you know, like, some guy named Tyrannus was behind it and he doesn't ever bother to put together the com- comments that Django made with the fact that, that Dooku is Darth Tyrannus... Mm-hmm. And all that sort of stuff. Like, he never stops and considers that. It's a little convenient, right? And it's not necessarily great writing. Um, not as good as the original trilogy, at least. So, right. um, there's stuff like that that you can just kind of tell. Like, it's remnants of of script rewrites. Um, whenever a story in a movie doesn't make sense, you can almost always attribute it to rewrites. Mm-hmm. And, and usually rewrites that are happening while while they're filming so they don't bother to go in and explain something they don't bother to to rewrite it and it's it's when you create something in a vacuum like they do with star wars where it's just a bunch of star wars people talking about star wars 24 7 
eating, breathing, and sleeping it, they will forget that... Uh, and it happens with other film franchises as well. It happens with Star Trek. It happens with Lord of the Rings. It happens with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But Star Trek, uh, Star Wars is a very good example of it. And them going like, well, they'll explain it in EU. And, and, and the people who are watching this, the real fans know this stuff anyways. So we don't need to explain <laughs> this in the movie. They'll yeah. fill in these plot holes later. And, blanks, and yeah. of course we do. I mean, we, we spend a great deal of time. That's the whole point of this podcast. I mean... <laughs> I'm, I'm just as bad as yeah. anybody else trying to figure out, you know, what what lies between points A and B. Right, yeah. Filling in those plot holes. So um, I, I think the problem lies that they start writing for those plot holes and writing with that in mind that, they, you know, somebody else will come along and fix it with a book or a comic or somewhere down the road a TV series will be or written. Or a comic series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of these questions. And... Uh, I don't know. I I personally find it to be sloppy writing, but at the same time, I mean, like, I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love it, but um, there is definitely a narrative quality that's lost in in the prequels that that is in the original three. Oh yeah, that, that that they tie together, that they make sense, that there aren't really a lot of loose ends. There are things that you can po- poke holes in, but. For the most part, it, it, it's pretty solid, which you can't say about episodes one to three. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all it's all fairly suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff for us to discuss and be confused about. <laughs> but overall, yeah. the overall themes and and ideas behind the prequels are awesome, and they're amazing. And the stuff that 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 we heard about at C five. And, and that, uh, that like Kyle Newman talked about and, and me and Steve have talked about on the show, though they were like these ingenious ideas that mirror the original trilogy and they're fantastic. It's the execution of those themes and ideas that sometimes fall short for me, that, that it's a little bit like there's some plot holes in there that need filling in and it shouldn't be our job as viewers to have to fill those in. Yeah. It should have been done in the movie but but what are you going to yeah. do they're done wait, well we'll just kind of have to wait for the uh, live action TV series to figure that one out or the or the pre- <laughs> special editions yeah yeah special special editions yeah yes uh, so yeah cool thanks Darth Wally and keep the uh, the forums have been going fairly sure. well and uh, we're getting some more uh, people in there so it's uh, it's the chatter's getting good so uh, if you're not a member uh, check it out come on over and uh join up definitely so with that we will get to um the next episode and it is titled counterattack and the uh, description is with freed prisoners in their possession and the brutal warden attempting desperately to thwart them obi-wan and anakin search for a way out of the citadel and back to coruscant the prison however has more traps perils and pitfalls in store for them than they had imagined and they must work past their differences if they are to escape. And here is a quick preview of next week. New episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. The Jedi have almost broken free from the Citadel. This could be a trap. Well, we did say almost. Time for plan B. Don't miss part two of a special three-part Star Wars The Clone Wars event. Star Wars The Clone Wars Secrets Revealed. 
in two weeks. I'm afraid we've had a situation. By situation, he means big explosion. Cartoon Network. And there you go, a little bit of Anakin comedy effect there. So we got some perils, some traps, Mike. We got pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. So uh, it sounds like uh, this planet um, has a lot more in store for uh, before these these uh, Jedi escape. And that's coming up this week. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good one. Nice and action-packed. Nice action-packed. Not episode. so much talking. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all action, and I'm good for yeah. that. So uh, that's going to do it this week, though, Mike. That's it. We're all done. So thanks for listening. Uh, do not forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on the Twitters. Uh, oh, our yeah. username is Clone Wars. That's twitter.com slash Clone Wars. You can also head over to Facebook and join our fan page, page, whatever they call it nowadays. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, that's facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And as always, uh, don't forget to join us on the Star Wars Daily Forums yes. at uh, forum.starwarsdaily.com. And you can email us, um, Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com and Matt at CloneWarsPodcast.com. And, uh, and we got, well, I'm, I'm going to extend our contest because we've got the contest running right now. I'm going to extend it one more week to, uh, to, to let people, because I think people may have forgotten because um, I did hear that a couple of people were working on stuff, but okay. did not. Uh, I didn't get any emails by today because today is the 28th. Right. Um, so we'll give them one more week. So by the time we record next week, which should be around the 7th or the 8th, right. uh, that stuff needs to be in, and we will uh, we'll announce the winner on the next episode. Cool. So get out there and get those pencils going. Yes. We want to see it. Let's do it. All right, I guess that's going to do it. So uh, that's going to be it for Frontlines for this week. We will see you all next week for a counterattack. See you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com force is strong with you all and it will be with you always.